The Romanian cleaner was crying as she jogged down the 19th floor corridor, alongside the Waldorf's head of security. She didn't know the man by her side. He was serious, an ex-NYPD cop. She'd heard, and had the demeanor of someone who'd been waiting for a moment like this, so that he could kick into action and do something other than hushing rowdy guests. She was in her cleaning apron and flat shoes. He was in a dark suit and had an earpiece, making him look like the Secret Service men she'd seen in movies. They reached the room where the Do Not Disturb sign had hung on the door all day. It was only ten minutes ago that the cleaner had knocked on the door again, heard no response, and entered. That's when she'd screamed. The head of security told her to stay in the corridor, used a universal swipe card to enter the room, and walked into the bathroom. The ex-cop had never seen anything like this. As the Amtrak train turned on a bend in the tracks, Philadelphia became visible in the distance. I'd disappear in the city for one night. Spending any longer here would be suicidal. Nowhere was safe. I'd pretended to sleep for most of the journey in the full train car, head bowed low, jacket hood up, and arms folded, as if I was hugging myself warm rather than keeping one hand close to the murder weapon I'd taken from the bathroom. A tired kid called Andy was sitting next to me. Mom was sitting opposite her son, her accent from North Carolina, I was sure. A patient woman who spoke to Andy in a non-condescending yet commanding tone. Next to her was a jerk called Kevin, who was almost certainly hated by the U.S. Marine Corps, though he was a Marine. Regulation Marine haircut, a new tattoo on his sinewy forearm, and a mouth that blathered in all directions to other travelers. He was getting promoted to corporal, he told everyone, because he knew his shit. Discipline. He pumped his chest as he looked at Andy. Was his savior. The core, God, America, ten buds, and warm thighs made him tick. Oorah, y'all, and that freaking order you get. Single mom clearly didn't take to Kevin. Please, young man, no language like that in front of my son. The Marine wasn't bothered. Ma'am, your son hears worse at school, and he'll hear a damn sight worse when he's grown some balls. I opened my eyes. No doubt Andy's mom was worried. Kevin had a grin on his face and an unstoppable tongue. Mom glanced at the reader of the car, probably wondering whether she should grab her son and leave. I leaned forward, silent, because I didn't want to draw attention to myself. But I stared at Kevin. The action worked. It got the Marines' attention away from other passengers. Kevin said, Guys like you don't know what it's like to be in the Corps. I didn't. But I did know how to do a halo parachute jump from 30,000 feet, run across snow-covered mountains with an orange boiler suit on and a hunter-killer squad with dogs on my trail, twist a man's neck until his body becomes limp and make a car explode. Kevin had the look of a man who thought he'd won the day. That was all I needed. He was pacified, calmer. A guy who thought he dominated everyone around him with his masculinity. I wanted that for the sake 
of the folks next to me. The alternative would have been to punch him in the throat and leave him gasping for breath. I've done that many times to men far bigger than Kevin. But I didn't want to draw attention to myself. More important, the kid next to me didn't need to see the results of that action. The train stopped. I watched a single mom and her son exit, then picked up my things and stared at Kevin. I smiled as I towered over him. He was silent. I knew why. He now realized he was out of his league. I got off the train and walked through the station.